Hello everybody, this is Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast, episode 79 is here and it is definitely a very unique one, all will be revealed later. What a brilliant opening track though, that was from great friends of the show and I interviewed them for a live Metal Cell up in Cork and they are one of my favourite Cork bands, The Magnapina. Big shout out to Ed on drums, Christian on vocal duties, Howard on guitar, Mick on bass and James on guitar. That is a cover of Tomahawk's God Hates a Coward and it is part of their new Squid Sandwich EP that has yet to be released and I contacted the band just for a few details on how they recorded it. So as a means of combating gig and rehearsal withdrawals, this track was recorded during the COVID-19 lockdown period in Ireland. Individual tracks were performed and documented through various DIY means and the locations were Cove, Coolock, Coomkeen and Passage West. This track though was mixed and mastered up in G-Unit Studios Dublin by Ed Granell and I'm led to believe that Ed also sang on the chorus of this song. Ed is James's brother and he's filled in on bass a couple of times and plays in Slacker's Symphony. The track can be found on the Magnapina's Bandcamp page and it's an EP we're all looking forward to hearing. Okay, so now we're going to move on to the main part of the show and it's my interview with Syntax all the ways from Israel and their hometown is Jerusalem. So I want to give a big shout out to Roy on guitars, Or on guitars, Yehi on vocals, Slava on bass and Nir who played drums but has since moved on. The lads said that their sound was influenced by the reality that surrounds us. There was no other direction for us, only extreme music. They were formed in 2010 and after years of performing all across Israel alongside international acts, playing in festivals and also a European tour, they are credited with keeping the Jerusalem metal scene alive. So they're now ready to release a blistering new album called Nano 3000 and I caught up with Roy, Slava and Yehi. Their song Lunchtime Funeral will see out the show and it is a banger. So enjoy this week's podcast. Okay. Hello everybody, this is Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to say I'm talking to Syntax all the way from Israel. So I have Slava on bass. Hello Slava. Hi. I have Roy on guitars. Yeah, hi. And I've Yehi. Is it Yehi? Is well, it's right? actually pronounced Yehi, but you can call me Yehi because that's the way they call me abroad. Okay. <laughs> Yehi. On, on <laughs> There's all that <laughs> sound. Only, it's only in our area you have that sound in, uh, in the vocabulary. Lots of, lots of tobacco needs to kind of bring out that kind of... Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations, first of all, on your new single lunchtime funeral respect oh, yeah. absolute as we call it over in europe a banger of a song hi thank thanks you. he released a new de- a new single just today oh very ago. good man yeah. fucking hell uh, so tell us about that first then <laughs> well it's a banger of a song it's called river sting and honey and uh, there are too many connotations uh, since this is the land of milk and honey and 
they are, well, I'll let Yechi talk about it because he never likes that people explain his lyrics too much because everybody needs to, to understand it the way they understand it. Correct, yeah. But Yechi, you, want, you have something to say because I think the lyrics are, I really like yeah, this yeah, song. Of lyrics. course. Of phrases course. I adopted <laughs> in my language. <laughs> Go for it, Yechi. Like in the end, uh, uh, smoking, smoking cannabis is some kind of an escape from reality. And in the reality that we live in, it's like a, a hint to the authorities that maybe they should let go in that manner because mm. all the other stuff is kind of hard these days. And, you know, they should let us escape every once in a while. Just simple little song, you know. Yeah. Um, it is still illegal to smoke here in Ireland because of the medicinal purposes of marijuana. I think that's the way it will go and we'll eventually get it legal here. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, there, there are stocks about here just recently uh, about this subject. Like it's all over the news in the past week, actually, oh. because they're trying to, to pass a new law of discriminalization mm. uh, that in the end, you might get fined, but it won't be uh, recognized as a crime. Yes, that's very it's important. A step, forward, step forward in the right direction, absolutely. Yeah, because a lot of people um, in Ireland, anyway, in the last, uh, up to last year, more or less, um, if they got caught with uh, marijuana, they got um, fined and they got a strike. So it's, you know, it will come up if they want to travel abroad and stuff. It's, it's kind of a criminal, they'll have a criminal record for having right. 10 euros worth of grass, you know, mental, just crazy. Like. Yeah, yeah, in here as well, just the same. Just Is it same. really, yeah? Yeah. It was here like this a few, few years ago, like uh, they had uh, laws that uh, if you smoke, if you get with some marijuana, so you'll get, uh, how do you say it? Um, uh, Prison sentence or fine. Uh, like, uh, like it's a felony, they, they treat yes. it like it's a felony. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If you stole something, yeah. but again, in the end, I mean, this song is about freedom, and it, it's not. This is only one subject that I touched when I wrote the song. But the idea is just let people do whatever they want, as, as long as they don't harm mm. other people. And how like, easy? How easy is it to to grow marijuana out there? Very easy, is there? No, you can't, but it's all over the place because in the past <laughs> two years, uh, yeah, yeah, man, uh, they, they legalized the, the uh, medical Mary Jane. So it kind of flooded the market and the level of the stuff is like increasing. So uh, nothing to complain about lately. I'm not a heavy, you know, stoner. I do it sometimes yeah. and I don't think there's nothing wrong with it, but uh, it's just one example. Of yeah. how the authorities are enforcing mm. uh, laws that are anti-liberal uh, to an extent that uh, it's already, you know, ruin your freedom and your basic rights, I believe. Yeah, well, it's a threat to the pharmaceuticals as well from kind of a medicinal purposes. And, yeah. the and the farmers don't want that, obviously. So they're driving that on as well, um, not to have it legal because, you know, they can't, um, I suppose, monopolize it. You know, everybody has an angle these days, and, True. Uh, and because there's so much information, then 
a lot of information is biased because it's biased by someone. Everybody has an angle and wants to show his angle and everything looks so authentic. It's really easy to make something look uh, real. Mm. And all of us are quite lazy, so who checks the facts? Or at least say, I'll read about it enough and I'll read from enough sources and I'll do some research and I'll, I'll have my own idea about, about something. And, and that's something that happens a lot. It's quite easy. All I need is my iPhone. I can do a small video. And I remember in the day of print, you know, still the day of print, still there was papers, but there was a study that says that if, if, if you write something and you see it printed, then automatically a person thinks that it's more true than if I'll tell it to you. Yes. Because someone took the time and write it and make an article and it's something. So it's probably has some more legitimacy. But now it's so easy to do stuff like this. I just take my phone, I, I, I blah, blah, something. I said the earth is flat. And I have friends that believe that. Yeah. I'm not saying it's someone, you know, I know people that believe that the earth is flat. Uh, um, um, that's a shame. <laughs> But it just goes to show how social media can manipulate people so much, you know? It's, it's incredible. But, but because yeah. one of the things is that the algorithm, when you're, let's say, I don't, that doesn't matter, let's say Facebook. Hmm. So Facebook, you write your stuff and it pairs you down with people that think the same as you. Yes. So you're reading your feed and everything is, uh, is what you're saying. Mm. I had a neo-Nazi friend, not a friend exactly, but we met in a, in, a, in a guitar forum. And he sent me a friendship on Facebook, and then I, I understood that he's a neo-Nazi. Not like a little bit, but really raving. <laughs> I, I didn't care, I just wrote stuff about the Jews till he blocked me. But, yeah. but when I went to, the, to, to his forum and his feed, then everybody was neo-Nazi there <laughs> because if you're a neo-nazi then facebook would bring all the neo-nazis so you think that the entire world are neo-nazis <laughs> and, and if you're a flat earther all your friends on facebook are flat earthers and people you don't know that you are on your feed are flat earthers so you think everybody's are like that so it, it gives you a, a fake perception yes. you can be like one percent of the entire world but you see that one percent every day on your feed so you think that's the entire world. So uh, social media is funny in that. Yeah. <laughs> a band like E, Syntax, you definitely can use social media to your benefit to get to a larger audience. Yeah, man, right. we, we come from a, from a small geographic area. We come from a, a Israel, which is isolated in the Middle East, surrounded by, a, let's say, a lot of countries that we don't have diplomatic relations with. And most of our... Uh, music is, uh, is uh, you know, aimed towards the European and American crowd. So mm -hmm. before social media, it was very hard uh, to be exposed. And nowadays, you know, it's just uh, heaven for people like us who are, you know, living in a distinct areas and, and still be able to, to approach so many people yes. in such a time. Yeah, yeah it's great. And considering where other bands maybe in, in similar countries to yourself, maybe 15 years ago, couldn't get that reach unless they got, got to a, a record label or they might have got on a tour or something like that, you know? 
Yeah, but even even yeah, yeah. a record label, you know how? Think about it financially. How worth it to a record label to pay an Israeli band and bring them just as far as you know uh, the fare of the ticket, like uh, like um, to Ireland, let's say. Price of, the price of the tickets, yeah. And, 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 and you know, it's not like, like if you're a band from the Czech Republic and you, you can travel by train to Germany and Austria and Slovakia and like reach all over Western Europe uh, in, in a rolling tour. Mm. But a, a lot of um, bands from Europe then would like to get to America and they face the same situations yeah. as yourself. Yeah. It's just feasibly not possible because you need so much money. It costs, it costs roughly, I've guys on the last podcast or two podcasts ago, they were saying um, a, a trash band called Gamma Bomb. I'm not sure if you ever heard of them. Yeah, to get to America, it was costing them 20 grand, 20,000. Wow. Wow. Yeah. wow. Out of their own pocket. That, 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 yes. A crazy yeah. amount of money, yeah. Yeah, and they have toured America. They've toured Brazil and they've toured Mexico as well. So they actually did it um, with support of a record label. But whether they can do it again for that amount, you know, it's just nuts. You know, there's there's a lot of limitations in in relation to where you are as a country, obviously. Yeah, and 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 being on the media help because I seen like a documentary on Queen, big band and. And, and they stopped touring America at, uh, somewhere in the 80s because they weren't that popular there. And Freddie Mercury said, if it's not the full soul stadium, I don't want to go. So, and, they, and, and, they, and they say in hindsight, but if you don't go, how are you going to get to a full stadium? <laughs> so, yeah. so they never went again. So they never went uh, uh, from the mid 80s and less. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? And, and it's the same. You said you have a band. It's cost 20,000 grand to do a tour in America. But if you won't do a tour in America, how people will actually react to you. But now with all the videos and all the social media, it's not the same. It's not the same as winning someone live. When I, I'm still old school. I, I like, like when I see a band live. It's so much more for me. But, but still... It's a possibility that we didn't have. Now it's a different thing. It's like the, the thing is the, comp the competition because it's so easy to make music, even bad music or any music, or work on it five minutes and do something that there are so many bands that how are you going to distinguish yourself? How are you going to even get heard? Yeah. Like there's like, let's say 2,000 bands now aiming does anyone will sit now and listen to 2,000 singles and say, oh, I like this? Yeah, it's mental. Very few. But you got to Europe in 2015. You got to Germany and Czech Republic. Was that through the record yeah. label or was it through some promoter you got in contact with? How did that work out? Well, uh, through a promoter and a band we know, a band context. You know, like uh, we, we knew a band, they performed here. We went to perform with them there. We did a nice tour. It was a lot of fun. Hmm. It was a lot of fun. We, did, we took our own backline, and uh, I did some, uh, how you call it, uh, guitar work for someone else. Okay. Uh, you... I, I did some work for, for yeah, I, I played on a, on, a, on a big tour for someone, and I can say that financially, <laughs> we were covered when we did our tour, and we have our own backline, and we paid for the backline, and we paid for everything, and we got the ticket sales. 
and, and we did and we had a, a blast and, and, uh, and everything was great and and I did the tour like you know with with the band with a lot of bands and stuff like that and I can say that at the end it's better to do that <laughs> but we do anyway we, we went to some better venues and and we got uh, and we got uh, we got treated better we got better money hmm. we got be- more respect from the places we did the shows in so so all in all uh, yeah I, 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 I think this for, stuff like that is, is the way to go <laughs> for a band like Syntax it always looks good uh, on your CV as I call it to have toured Europe, to have got out of Israel, you know, and done a tour. Do you think you're going to do that again? This is absolutely one of our goals, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that uh, the people that are uh, in the band currently, because we had a few personal changes, um, are more enthusiastic uh, about about traveling, yeah. About, yeah. about taking the music other places. Yeah, we're all getting a bit old here. Um, Slava, Slava looks young, but uh, I'd say the three of us are yeah. in our <laughs> in our 40s. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 44 years old nowadays. I was born in 1976. Ah, I, I'm I'm 49. Wow. <laughs> when I was born, Elvis. I, still, <laughs> I was born 11 days after him. So yeah, that's yeah. true. That's it's impressive for guys our age that you still want to tour, do the whole sleeping yeah, on floors and getting a van and go for it, you know? I look at my life. I, I run a bar, a rock and roll bar. I have another band. And like anything I do is around the music. Uh, all the money I made in the past 20 years was from the music business. Yeah. Uh, I'm also promoting shows. I have an annual festival in Jerusalem. Uh, I have an, uh, like a bar that's a, it's a venue for live shows, so we're hosting is. Is almost, almost daily. Yeah, it's around the clock work, crazy times. It's hard to run a business like that, but I wouldn't change it for for anything. You know. What's your opinion then on bands that want to boycott Israel and refuse to play there because of the political unrest? Look, I, I think there's a lot of misconception about what's going on in here because in the end, we, the people, we're not that involved in the politics. Mm. Like in the end, uh, like one of the, let's say, the biggest names known today is Roger Waters. He performed there, but he insisted on doing it in the border between the Palestinian Authority and Israel. But the majority of the people who came there were... Uh, let's say rockers and like music enthusiastic that are mostly from the left side of the political map. These people are not for, you know, not for any kind of discrimination or, and, and I think it's for no, no reasonable reason, all these yeah. boycotts. Nick Cave summed it up very good. The artist, Nick Cave, he said that it became very important to make a stand against those people who are trying to shut down musicians to bully musicians, to censor musicians, and to silence musicians, you know. Yeah, um, and, and, yeah. And, it's, and it's now, and it's now again that the black metal bands are banned in the USA because they say they are fascists. And you know, because we're Jews, we really know who is a fascist band because usually they talk about us as Jews. So 
Mm-hmm. We, we make it our business to know who is a fascist band or a Nazi band. And, mm-hmm. and there are a few bands that uh, in the course of the years, people are, uh, and promoters we know, and they did shows in Israel and people that you know personally. And they got banned, uh, Antifa uh, uh, activists. And, and it's like when they started and they say, you remember that, and metal was against the church, and metal is the devil, and mm-hmm. make suicide. And now they're saying extreme metal is fascist again. But they don't check the facts, you know. Most of those bands are not. There are. I I, I won't defend Valk Vickers, you know. I won't no. defend him. He's raving crazy. <laughs> but uh, but 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 there are bands that uh, got the. The wrong side of the stick for nothing. People are less tolerant these days, and they have a solid opinion <laughs> about everything, even though they spend ten minutes to read something and to form an opinion that is that substantial. Yeah, like this, and and I think it's something wrong. You you always need to be doubtful about any everything, and uh, yeah. And, uh, when you get older, you see that a lot of things that you read and that you know, like I saw something in the street in front of me and then I read it in the paper and it wasn't the same. Mm. So yeah. I start to understand that sometimes you need to read from, yeah. you need to, to investigate more before you, you pass judgment on everything. And music is free. Yeah, music is meant to unite. It's not meant to boycott. It's, uh, it's a cultural expression, you know, uh, it's an artist's expression. And do you just to boycott it because of that? I think it's wrong. That's my own opinion. All right. Well, we're glad to hear that. Yeah. Um, so in relation to your new album, I saw an interview with you, uh, Yehi, maybe four years ago. And you were, I think it was with an American magazine, I think. And you were like talking about your last album and you were saying, oh, you joined um, Syntax with a lot of those songs were wrote and then you had to rewrite a lot of the r- lyrics and then, the you were, yeah, and then sway for another day. Yeah. And then you said, yeah, we've new music. And this is back in 2015. And you said, yeah, we'll have a new, a new album out next year. And so <laughs> what happened? <True. laughs> uh, well, uh, well, first of all, you talked about the tour a little bit. So I think when you're, when you're going on a tour, you're getting to know your, your uh, band members better. And um, a lot of people uh, that were in the band, and there were a lot of people in the band, like in the past few years, they were not stable enough and not willing to sacrifice enough for that. So we started to write material, then some people changed. And we actually prefer doing it well and that it will be our perfect product and you know to the best of our abilities mm-hmm. and not just compromise on on what was going on back then so we postponed it year after year after year but i think now we're much more there artistically and and also the team is as we say you know unite to a level that we can we can do something like that because I mean, I love the first album, really, but you can't compare. Oh, good. Okay. This, this one is this one is really, you know, more personal lyrics-wise, more sharp, more extreme, but still more catchy. I think 
we've reached a level that we couldn't have dreamed of uh, with with the, with the past members of the band. Yeah, lunchtime funeral, um, which was the first single, absolutely yeah. fantastic. Loved it, and um, I'll be playing that on on this interview anyway. So others from Ireland can hear that. And the album is called Nano Three Thousand. That's Correct? true. Yeah. Okay, how did you come up with that name? Well, I guess I was, I'm the one who's supposed to answer that, right? Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, Nano 3000 is a product uh, from the year 3000, of course, fictional one. Okay. Um, it's a dog that is combined with a robot. Uh, the <laughs> idea came from an article I read about a Russian experiment, a Soviet experiment in the 50s, that they actually tried to do that. I found some pictures and it was terrifying and fascinating in the same level. And I was, I had a vision in my head of that dog. You know, I wanted to call it Nano 3000 and, and just make the cover as if it's the cover of the box that uh, uh, contained that dog that you buy it in. I and hope you didn't you, experiment it, on your own dog. No, 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 I did. I don't. I don't. And, and my dog has passed away three years ago. It's all oh, good. Sorry to hear that, man. It's a, it was a miniature pincher named Butcher. Ah, I saw. <laughs> so did did, did he make imagine. an appearance on You Can't Teach an Old Dog New Tricks? No. Uh, no, no, that's Roy's dogs. That was the my big dog. One. <laughs> yeah. these, okay. are not, these are not miniature pinchers. Okay. But, but anyway, yeah. But anyway, uh, Nano 3000. Uh, if if you go through the cover, the cover art of the album, and you go to the like inlay pages, you can see instructions how to build it, like IKEA style instructions, very easy, you know, uh, to uh, to put together. And it's just a creepy idea about what's gonna happen with all this technology in, in mm. thousand years. Let's say you understand. Yeah. So. That's why I call it Nano 3000. Uh, it took some uh, convincing because the <laughs> members of the band were like, dude, that's a very obscure and weird name. But then, you know, I think people will remember it. That if, way. if you I had think, the artwork to back it up, it will work. That, that's what I think. And, and the guy who made the artwork, his name is Nadav. Uh, we tried a few people. They tried some people from abroad. And some people sent us sketches. We always closed. With them and then someone came to my bar he just finished art school he was one of the best students over there and he showed me some of his works and a lot of it was robotic parts that he, he just drew perfectly Jeez, and i was okay. like dude this is what i'm looking for <laughs> and Destiny. you know I, I, in in five seconds we said the deal he said if you ever need the cover for an album I said i need the cover for an album this is what i need you just don't understand and before that, I wrote like a long mess, a, a, a long letter to the band uh, just to express my idea. It was a very long letter, like with the pictures of the Russian uh, experiment and everything. So I sent it to him. It was like a few, it took me a while to find it. It was like a few months after we talked about it. He was like, his eyes went, you know, open like this. He's like, I can do it. I see it visually. <laughs> and, and, and you know, when an artist is, is so responding, responding that way to your there idea. There he is. He's just made an appearance there. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> Slava, how persuasive can he be? Uh, very persuasive. You can uh, actually he can uh, persuade you with anything. Uh, I'm playing with him in two bands. 
That's right. Yeah. Two bands, and uh, actually, he the one who brought me to the band. Ah, okay. Two years and, ago. Yeah. Huh? Is that with Dos Fera? How do you pronounce it? Dos Fera? No. He plays. He plays with me. Yeah, Dos Fera. He plays ah. with me in both bands. They're a stoner band, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That's a different vibe completely. But uh, I think he played in six, Syntax before the Usfera Slava. Yeah, and yeah. I know uh, him, I know him uh, from my bar and from festivals I organized. He used to play in a lot of covers band, in a heavy metal band. He's a very talented bass player and a, a very mellow fellow. He's a very good guy. And we became friends. And, uh, you know, the way from there to become a band member was very short. As soon as we were looking for a bass player, he was the first one I... Uh, I uh, uh, I like uh, Mark, you know, as a as a nominee. Did he replace Lemmy? No, no. no Lemmy was the guitar. No, player. Oh, Lemmy was the guitar player. Okay. Yeah. Why call yourself Lemmy if you're a guitar player? <laughs> Man, he was he was Lemmy. Lemmy is a friend of mine since we're we're like children. He was a child. We have uh, <laughs> a difference of fifteen years between us. Yeah. And and you know, he was Lemmy. For, for Ian, like since he's a kid, everyone called him Lemmy because he was a very enthusiastic motorhead fan. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we all know Lemmy is God. So, you know, yes. he knows what he's talking about. Yes. And Lemmy, had Lemmy kind of the hardcore leaning with your band when he was there? Or how did you get that hardcore element in your band initially? Uh, Lemmy was Mostly more him. hardcore than everyone. Everybody brought his own mixture. Uh, and, Le- and Lemmy and the bass player that uh, came from a punk band ha- had a lot of, uh, they, li- they really like hardcore. Hmm. So, yeah, they still they have a band to make together. It more and more hardcore, yeah, and, and they're still playing hardcore together. I-, I like Sick of It All, you know, I like Agnostic Front. It's nice, but. It's- Biohazard. Yeah, man, Biohazard. The yeah. Jews from uh, Brooklyn, eh? Yes, yeah, hardcore man. and trash it's together, they, they really do it yeah. well. Yeah, and the influences with this album, you said um, it's more aggressive, yeah. Well, well, uh, what people, what I read about this, people that even listened to the first track, and I know people that listen to the entire album, mm. and we haven't, you know, like say let's do heavier than a heavier thing because we can, but mm. that was never our goal. But people tell me, oh, I like this track. This track is very heavy, and the word this track is very heavy. I, I read it too many times. And it really puzzled me because I didn't thought it was that heavy. Yeah. It was a heavy, it was heavy. We liked things to be, you know, uh, to the point. But I, I didn't thought that the, the, the impression that people would have on this album, that it's more technical, that I understand, and more heavy. And heavy is always, it's so heavy, it's so heavy. Mm. And so I guess it was, and even Lemmy told me, I listened to the song, it's a much heavier album. And I told him, I don't know, Lemmy, maybe a bit, but yeah. But I guess I don't hear it, but people do say that. It, did so you, now it's, it's, it's heavier. Okay. Did you decide to stay with Mark Minish on this because he did such a great job on the previous album? A, it's good to work with people you know, yeah. and you know what to expect of them, and you know Mark did the, the new My Dying Bride which is doing phenomenal. Yeah. So he is a, a good mixer and we know what to expect. And we went uh, on the same road. 
Will we will the third album with Remy Ma? Maybe yes, maybe not. There are so many variables in, in that no, equation he, when you he, he also did he also did the mastering for both Biosphera's albums and, and we were so happy about it. He's a very he's a very sweet guy. Wonderful. He, wonderful. Very he's a wonderful guy. And he always put he always put extra work when he works on, on our project, then we pay him. So I know <laughs> I know where Mark is from, okay? Uh, but the viewers don't, so how did you find Mark, <laughs> considering he's from Manchester? <laughs> That's always <Manchester. right>, <laughs> uh, Simple, simple, like you find us. Uh, we weren't happy with the way the mixes of the, the first album went. I wanted to work with something, someone from abroad. So I just searched the internet. I said, we don't have a lot of cash, so we need someone not too expensive, but someone who will make uh, this work. I listen, I just fell on, on him, and then I see he wrote on Sound on Sound, and then I see he's teaching in the university sound, and I heard some of his mixes, and said, ah, he looked good, let's talk to him. He, he was very enthusiastic when he heard the music, and he told me, man, I got a lot of people coming, and I, and I have work, but I want to work with you, so... Uh, it looks like a good, it could be a very good album. So once someone, uh, like Yechi said about the, uh, uh, the artwork, when you have an artist that wants to work with you, that you know that he will put that, that 10% extra. Yeah. Because he really likes it. So he said, mm, you know what, I will just, just do a little one. And, and we did the first album. And after that, when we did, uh, it took us a while, and then we released that uh, You Can't Teach an Old Dog New Tricks. So oh, yeah, I wanted him just to master hmm. He worked on it. I, I wanted to master it. He said, Roy, your mixes. I'll do a quick mix for you pro bono, man. And he just mixed it, you know, like really fast and close it. And you know, when you have a relationship with someone, yeah. I think, uh, and you know what to expect, so, yeah. The name Syntax, how did that come about? Uh, first of all, when I came to the band, it was already, uh, uh, was already named. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, it's the, the tax you pay for your sins, but it's mm -hmm. like as if we're the tax that you pay for uh, your yeah. sins. Uh, just an extreme approach, you know what I mean? Yeah. And... Um, like there's there <laughs> there is another band as well called syntax but it's spelled s-y-n-t-a-x and yeah. they're um, an electronic band or something like that yeah it, it makes sense because it's like a programming language as, as far as i uh, remember or something like that <laughs> yeah like it's a, it's the format in which words and phrases are arranged to create sentences that's a called ah, the syntax right. yeah. um you have lost the drummer near is gone is that correct yeah we just, it, it was just released from the band, uh, uh, you know, trying to achieve more things in his life. He moved to another city, he got married, and uh, we're still in very good terms. We have a Pantera tribute uh, band together, actually. That okay. We're playing with uh, every, everyone. Okay, you're still in contact. He's a savage drummer, lads. Brilliant. Yeah, he, yeah, we love him. He's did he drum on guy. the new album? Yeah, he, he must have done. He did, he did. Yeah. He did. How hard is it to get 
musicians out in Israel in relation to where ye are, especially? It's hard. like a drummer is the harder, yeah. Yeah, it's the same in Ireland. Drummer yeah, it's the, the same hardest. in Ireland. I guess it's the same as everywhere, but there are just less people and in this illusion country where it's hard, you know, because the people, because here, because of the climate, the political issues, the government breathing down your neck, there are military conflicts. Life is hard, and 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 people are disillusioned. So finding someone saying, "I want to do this, and I will give everything I got, everything uh, I have, to make this succeed," it's much less people. People said, "Hey, I like to play, but not yeah. more than that." I have to take care of my uh, family. I have mm. to do that. I think you need to have a more guarded life, uh, easier yep. life. Even me, sometimes uh, things get tough. I don't have the the willpower to go and practice yeah. my instrument. It's not that I don't have the time. You don't have like the something for it and you need to be uh, and when you get older it's harder to find people that want to do like tours and stuff it really yeah. scares people away and, and and you need to be a bit naive you know there's something good being naive, not something always bad you, you need to believe in something and you want to do, take the road less uh, yeah. less traveled uh, and, and you need to be a bit naive to, to try so, that so what you're saying is you, you need a young drummer <laughs> Well, we think we found someone. Yeah, we Maybe. think we found someone. Well, we're gonna have a first rehearsal with him, and we don't want to expose anything yet. Yeah, yeah. Of course, it's not a certain thing, but it looks like it's going to, uh, like, towards a positive direction, and hopefully, very, 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 very soon, we'll be back on stages. You know. Yeah, because he do tour a lot around Israel. Yeah. And your fan base is it predominantly in one city, or is it does it vary? It's a small country, man. It's a small country. I mean, everything is 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 quite united, and and it's a one big scene. Mm. I mean, you you can go from the let's say furthest southern city, which is Beersheba. It's not the furthest one, but it's the the one that is significant has an actual scene. To the one up north, which is let's say Haifa, in five hours of of ride, and that's the whole country, man. Yeah. It's like in there uh, for Amer Americans would know if they say if it's, it's in the size of New Jersey. Yeah. Well, would you believe you have twice the population as Ireland? Your population is eight and roughly around 8.8 .8 million and Ireland is only 4 million. Oh, fine. Did you get a chance to check out the Irish bands I sent you? Well, I checked. I didn't send yeah. right. No to me. So and I sent you in Shroud, you in Shroud and Arjun as I. Yeah, and, and, and I remember them by the order you sent them. I listened to a couple of them, both of them. Uh, and man, it, it, it was cool music. One was more modern than the other, but they have a gesture and they had, it was catchy. I always say, well, what makes a song good if I remember something after I, I close the song? Is there something that yeah. you remember from what you just heard? Because sometimes you hear something, oh, how they play, oh, how interesting. And then the song ends and can you recite in your mind something mm -hmm. from the song? So uh, it looks like nice bands. And, uh, and now it's the weekend. I think I will explore yes. a bit more, yeah. you know. 
check see what uh, else they they have. I won't say which one. Uh, one I, one band I liked, and one I really liked. I don't say which I really liked because that's only personal mm. taste. As a musician, I have I, res, I respect both mm. bands. They're like cool musician, good players, uh, you know. And uh, and I will do some more investigating. Uh, and to, to hear yeah I, I will send you on um, some good links there because we have um, a fantastic scene in Ireland but it's completely underground all self-financed and again Irish bands are trying to get over to England get onto the because we're in Ireland obviously so we don't have that luxury again of just bands getting into a bus and driving to Europe we have to go across to England and onto Europe yeah. then as well so there's a lot of restrictions that way so very few Irish. So there's a lot of common ground here. There's a lot of common Correct. Ground yeah, that's here. why I wanted to hear your story. And I wanted to tell you about the Irish metal scene as well, you know, because we have fantastic bands, fantastic artists that designed the cover of the albums and a great scene. But again, we're kind of isolated as such. Yeah, I've never been to Ireland, but I guess it's somewhere that uh, you need to put on your... Yes, very much so. Um, massive metal community again, yeah. and it is a community. Everybody, all the musicians help each other out. Nice, man. I love the culture of, uh, of Ireland. Nice. Like, I've, you know, because they have a bar, we do an annual show every St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> really? <laughs> and I have, I have a band. It's actually not exactly a band. It's a choir of drunks. <laughs> we call it the. It's it's a real story, man. I, I can show you some YouTube's. You'll be, um, I think, overwhelmed in some way because we drink a lot. We, the drunken donuts. He play bass there like everywhere, and 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 like we perform once a year on March seventeenth. Uh, we do mostly Irish drinking songs like uh, the Wild Over or All for Me Grog or uh, Beer 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 about Charlie Mops and everything. And I, like I sing it, and I have a choir of ten drunk people who sing in the back <laughs> vocals with me. We do it every year, and this year, of course, due to coronavirus uh, restrictions, it was actually cancelled because uh, uh, like shows were banned in Israel on March 14th or 15th, if I recall, which is two or three days before the the, the annual show. Mm. So the first thing we did once uh, we were uh, let go, once we were allowed to do shows again, was doing the drunken donuts. Like we stopped w exactly <laughs> where, and like we did it last week. That was last week, man. That was a crazy show. One of the craziest drunken donuts show ever. That that and is was, much respect, man. man love it. Sure, sure, <laughs> man. And have have many Irish people come into your bar, Yehi? Uh, I have a bar that is just across from me, just across. It's the biggest bar in Jerusalem, and it's called Dublin. If ah. I just walk out now and turn around, you'll see the sign. Ah, okay. I'm just sitting across from it. And it's a, it's a very uh, attractive uh, touric, uh, tourist attraction, let's say. Uh, mm -hmm. And a lot of them, I get uh, maybe the leftovers, because we're loud. We're a venue of live shows, so you can hear us also outside of my bar. And a lot of them are walking in. And they're looking for a real Irish bar, but in the end, they find, you know, a, a small rock and roll uh, place just next door. Mm. So we actually get some Irish people, yeah. Yeah, that's my idea, having a small, a small rock and roll bar. Perfect, man. Like a dive rock and roll bar with, with some live shows. Yeah. 
Um, what think. about what about the scene over in Israel? Is there is it predominantly? I know obviously orphaned land are probably the biggest. Oh yeah, yeah. Biggest out there. Um, my own personal favorite would be Melikesh. Um, He's a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine. MC, we grew up together. Yeah, MC, yeah, yeah really. Yeah. We grew up. He's from yeah. Jerusalem, of course. That's correct. You know? Yeah. Yeah, every time he's in Jerusalem. Yeah, he's uh, one of my best customers in my bar. One of my <laughs> best, uh, you know, buddies from uh, who actually survived in the scene since the early '90s. There are very few of us. Mm. Uh, my my favorite band is maybe yeah. to Catalon. Do you know them? No. I think they're signed by Relapse Records, and I, I really I really recommend them. They just released a new album. They're one of my favorite acts. Period. Not just from Israel. Uh, there's of course Betsefer, who were a throwdowner record, and now doing a comeback. Shredded is a very big band. They performed in my uh, annual festival last year, and they were fucking awesome. And they also performed in front of the house of the prime minister. What style of music is it? Heavy metal? Demo- no, it's like a very extreme thrash metal, maybe oh, level Scottish. Okay. okay. Yeah, they performed in front of the house of uh, Benjamin Netanyahu last week or two weeks ago. Mm. It's uh, part of the demonstration wow. of the of the culture uh, section in here that got really, really hurt by by the coronavirus. Mm. Still is getting hurt. Okay. So that was amazing to see them performing in the middle of the street of the main street, just outside of the PM's house. That was wow. Oh yeah, sounds like Rage Against the Machine type effort. Yeah, yeah, like what what they did in Wall Street, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And how do authorities view? Uh, metal bands in general. Sorry? How do authorities view metal bands? Would you have a lot of hassle at gigs? Um, would no, be... no. It's all no, good. No, no, yeah, yeah. After, after Metallica's Black Album, that, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, so It became so mainstream. Before yeah. that, yeah. Before that, even the security in the shows that were organized for you to perform would beat you up, and you were the performer. Okay. So, <laughs> the bad days. So, uh, so those days are over. I hope they won't return. But, 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 it's also a shame in in in, in some way, because I guess when something is more underground and more forbidden <laughs> than and more new, then it has some more okay. appeal. Uh, and uh, yeah, but nobody hassles us anymore. There was once a funny story that uh, they wrote in the newspaper on his annual uh, <laughs> big metal festival, the annual metal festival for all the <laughs> cat slayers, because there is the as a joke that we sacrifice cats and stuff. As yeah, a joke. Yeah, true. As a joke, and and. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. man, it was one of my festivals. So it was one metalhead who was working for a local newspaper and just in jest, just as a joke, he wrote the headline, the the party of the cat slashers. And then he wrote like, uh, there's an annual festival for every metal. It was in the early 90s or mid 90s. The municipality read it and they sent the city veterinal, like the, 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 and the health inspectors just check we're actually slaying cats over there. And I was like approached by some uh, people in uniform that I don't know. They were not cops. 
there was something else and they were like going hi guys we came for saving some pets and i was like oh come on that was a joke he wrote in the actual article that it's a joke that he's laughing and and like mocking the 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 stigma yeah you understand and it didn't happen. that was the 90s man it would never happen today it's a, it's a funny story from back then to show how uh let's say uh Uh, ignorant even that the regime was towards the the music that we played I think this was even 2000 that was a uh, quite new yeah, but that, that's still 20 years ago but I think it was new in the 2000 was... so here's one for yeah. you what was the last European band you saw live in Israel well I will made and just cancel so let me think. maybe testament oh, yeah. it was the last I saw behemoth I saw I saw something after I saw something I after. saw behemoth I think. Ah, the test of Behemoth. Yeah, Behemoth, I think it was my last band that I yeah, saw in Israel. I saw Kreato. Okay. So how to remember a... right now. Ah, I remember. I went to see Bongzilla. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I actually went to see Bongzilla in Levantine. I think that was the last one. That Jesus I went Christ. <laughs> oh, yeah, man, I love them. I'm sorry. It's my guilty pleasure. I love them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, cool. Uh, Well, you're wearing a sleep uh, t-shirt, so, I mean, you can understand. There you go. Summer. That's why I'm laughing, man. That's cool. Yeah. The last band I saw um, was Testament. Was that Testament tour with Exodus and Dead Angel? What a tour. Um, yeah, yeah. They, they came here kind of recently, I think. Yeah, they all got sick, actually, after hitting Europe. Yeah, um, yeah with mm. the coronavirus. But, really? Yeah, the good news is, yeah, is that if Chuck Billy ever gets sick, they have your number and they're going to give you a ring. So, testament. You've got, <laughs> you've got the job, man. You've got the job if Chuck is ever sick. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you. I'm blushing. I have a beard, so you don't see it. But I am. You know, listening to that album, Sway for Better, I was just thinking, Jesus Christ, man, Chuck Billy, <laughs> fucking all day long. Well, I, I admit he influenced me, but I think he's one of the best and I'm not... <laughs> And so, the presence as well on stage as well, man. Fair fucks to you. Thank you. Thank you. This is really like to hear it from someone who's, you know, in the industry and, and someone who's so oh. many more bands than me, I'm certain. Uh, yes. <laughs> Thousands, huge, unfortunately. <laughs> huge, huge compliment. Yes, uh, man. And as I said, like even, even with the new single, well, the one I heard anyway, definitely your voice again at the front, aggressive. Chuck would be proud of you, man. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm proud of him for just inventing it, you know. I'm, I'm just a follower and like a humble, you know, a mm-hmm. singer. I'm not, not even thinking I'm in the same level. But definitely he's one of my influences. Yeah. Maybe they have this one, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, going back to Lunchtime Funeral, the video, um, did you film that in isolation? And yeah, then, absolutely. okay. Well, I mean, I mean we, we could have done something better, I'm yeah. sure, but, but we did it. Because we wanted to do a video clip and we were hungry to do something. And in the end, you know what? It was also like a statement, you know, coronavirus will not stop us. Mm. So we, we, we made three video clips in, in very poor conditions. I'll tell you a secret. Like I took a shot, like I, I had to film myself okay. uh, with the flashlight on me. So... They told me to pick a dark room, and the only dark room I have in my house is the bathroom. So <laughs> just, just as a, a small secret between us, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, man, I was like... <laughs> rock and roll, of, baby. It, that's rock and roll, man. I was in front of the door with a flashlight on my face, singing the song, hearing it from the living room. 
and like filming it in, in isolation conditions, what could we do? But I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with the result in the end. Mm. And if you take in consideration the, you know, the times and the abilities that we had, I think it was it's sufficient. A, it's nice, it's, yes. it's nice to look back on that. Slava, you looked well in the video as well. How did you manage it? Uh, he always looks well, Thank man. Thank you, first of all. Uh, actually, <laughs> I, I shoot uh, for two days, for two nights, this video. Yeah, I took it too serious. So, yeah, wow. with the lightning, I shot it in this room, in my room, so it took me. Did you just use um, an iPhone? I used my LG phone. Wow, very good. What about you, Roy? I did it in, with my iPhone in my... I have a studio yeah. now. I'm old enough to have a studio, so... I, 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 I did it in my studio, and uh, my, my son... No, and and the funny thing is that uh, I opened the amps. I wanted them to to be shining, even though you don't see it. But they are actually lit. So I actually played the song. I it's not video, but I actually played exactly. And then I listened, and I said, "Wow, wow!" I'm like, we were like, it was like a month and a half home, and I said, <laughs> "Oh, I forgot how hard it is to play syntax music that I haven't played so much." Yeah, my yeah, hand yeah, was like, oh, yeah. man, that, that song is hard and the solos and stuff. I need to get You're going to have to get tour fit now as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we all need to be now. Ah, we, 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 are do, we are having the, the Pantera tribute and the Motorola tribute and once doing your Pantera tribute, getting into the shape. It's funny to say, but this is how we make the, the little sums of money that covers all of our expenses. Mm. They covers in, in some venues. Uh, that we actually can charge tickets, you know, uh, and then uh, with the entrance fee and uh, the share that we get, we actually pay for all of our stuff. So, have you got new merch coming on to support the new album? It's it's in the agenda. It's like as soon as the album will come out, we will have new T-shirts, and we're thinking about other stuff. It's still in discussion. Okay, but it's about to happen. Yeah, of course. The, a lot of businesses will, well, now just reopening. Yeah, of course. So, and we, and you want to print shirts, and you want to print stuff. So we, well, just people now just starting. Have he got? It's a common theme in my podcast. Have he got uh, obsession with vinyl in Israel? Uh, we have a friend uh, uh, that's so, called Marius. He has such a big collection. Uh, he always send me to all kind of places to to go and buy stuff for him, buy new vinyls. Uh, in Jerusalem, there is a little bit of a scene. There are at least two record stores in here. Uh, interesting. Actually, I have a collection. It's an increase. People are doing vinyl now. Yeah. And, uh, I have a pretty big collection of vinyls. I, I don't have... Mm. Yeah, it's an obsession yeah. over here. It's an obsession. That's the best way to describe it. Um, and most Irish, most Irish bands... Um, even though they are independent, um, will pay a lot of money just to have a vinyl release as well with their CD and their digits. Yeah, I, I saw vinyls in the mm. bookstore. Really? Yeah, regular bookstore. They have vinyls for 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 main, mainline music. It's now new, Stimatsky. And I said, okay, if Stimatsky are now putting vinyl back on the shelves, so probably something is happening. I knew that the metal community, everybody's doing the RP finals. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I just saw mainstream music, regular music you hear on the radio, 
in a regular bookstore and they opened a vinyl. A vinyl uh, yeah. Uh, also, didn't Aga, didn't Aralo do it? Our friends. Uh, we have a black metal uh, band, which is our friends, and he's doing it. Sometimes. Yeah, black metal always yeah, yeah. does. It's more, it's more of a black thing. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Because mm. people don't have a CD anymore. A ah, CD we player. do, we do. But we if do. they really want something not dig digital, a lot of people, they have mm. vinyl. Some went back to cassette. I didn't get the feel of cassette. Vinyl yeah, I can... I will struggle with cassettes. A lot of black metal bands, um, again, in Europe are releasing cassettes and we have nothing to play them on. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear about it also. We have, we have at least two labels. Orgasmatron Records is, is an ex-Jerusalemite who now lives in Tel Aviv. He has a label that only produces uh, cassettes, huh. like audio cassettes. This is, uh, See, we're, we're old enough, Yehi and Roy, we're old enough to remember Walkmans. Of course, of course. Yeah. My childhood man. And I remember how thrilled we are when there was the CDs, and it was much better. And no, not all yeah. the hiss and stuff, and, and, and the, the, the Walkman chewed my cassettes. So many I times. <laughs> And you take it out and then and and you and you have that like sound where it <laughs> when it crumbles, when, when yeah. It, when it, oh, when yeah. When it crumbles, <laughs> yeah. And then I, I don't see the appeal. It doesn't sound better. It's susceptible to many stuff. You need a yeah, but I mean, now. if you think oh. about it, though, Roy, back then it was it allowed us to actually leave the house and listen to music. On a Walkman, sure. you left the house and you listened to the latest Metallica stuff, Slayer. Yeah, walking around your town onto the beach and you had it. You know? It was a program. It was a program. I think some of my hearing deficiencies are part. Some of my hearing deficiencies are not mm -hmm. my big martial arts. Are, are the Walkmans that when I was growing up because I was turning up. Mm. It was and never it's enough. Not like my phone today that it has like mm. limitation. And never enough, I just open it. Last thing is like people walking near me and they hear it like a mile away. Uh, today they have like limitation. If the iPhone is like a bit too loud, uh, the European Union, yes. they told them that it's loud, it can help your hearing. They took it a bit down, so the maximum volume on the iPhone is not yeah. that loud. So in one perspective, it's good, in the other, some music you can't listen without it damaging mm. your hearing. Like Slava, this is all news to Slava. No, he no, hasn't a clue what we're actually on. not. No, no, I'm, not no. that, I'm not that young. I'm 30 years old, and uh, I used to have a Walkman and a CD player, and then an iPod and everything. Uh. So yeah, I re used to record the record the on cassette from uh, CDs. From cassette to yeah. a cassette, double cassette. Not double cassette. Yeah. Double cassette. From CD yeah. to cassette. Yeah. Oh, my. So you took a set, yeah, so yeah. A set, yeah. Jesus, I never achieved that. I just remember recording from cassette to cassette. <laughs> me too, me too. That was my child. We used to go five, five fellows together, like, to a store. Each one of us used to buy, like, I used to buy Dayside Legion, and he used to buy Sepultura, I rise. <laughs> oh, class. Buy, you know, King Diamond, uh, whatever, like Abigail, or I don't know what. And then, like, we used to record it for each other. Each one of us bought one cassette that is original for like 30 or 50 shekels or whatever it used to cost back then. And then like we used to buy like empty cassettes, like two or three or four of them. And each one records the rest of them. Sorry, King Diamond, for stealing your music. I was alive. <laughs> <laughs> it was the only way I could, you know, be exposed to music financially. It wasn't like yeah. today that in a click of a button you do it. But this is how we actually managed to do stuff, you know? Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Hello, Alex. And there is something 
when things are too simple, like I open iTunes or Spotify and I have like thousand songs and I can listen to this and that, it's not as special as that you have Correct. to go to and get it and copy from your friend and pay the money for every album. So you listen to an album. My son, I gave him like uh, good music education and I gave him all the classic and even bands that he likes and he listened to all the music, he still remembers singles. Mm. Even though he listened to the entire, he, he doesn't know sometimes from which album the song is. Even though he listened to the entire collection yeah. of the band. And he liked it, like the band that he really liked. But he doesn't really, his mind is wild in singles now. He remembers this song and that I wonder that, that with like. Spotify. I don't think people have the patience to listen to a whole album on Spotify anymore, unless they're driving somewhere. Whereas back when yeah. we were buying cassettes and, and CDs and vinyl, we used to listen to the whole album and turn it onto the next side and yeah. you know i don't yeah. think that's there because it's so easy now it's just like and, you look well and today there are, are the approachable songs and 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 in an album there's always the unapproachable songs and sometimes they are gems but you really need to work on it a few times to get all, all the stuff but so i would just listen to the catchy song like uh, oh, Metallica, the Black Album. Anton Sandman, that's a song, uh, nothing else. Mm. You just sift through, even though in that album there's not a lot uh, of hidden yeah. gems, <laughs> if you ask me. But uh, let's say that there are a bit uh, more interesting tracks there, but you won't get there because why would you listen to a track? I remember I used to listen to a track a hundred times, and every yeah. time I found something new. And sometimes a friend told me, I don't like this, this album. You need to listen to it more. And somewhere in the 100 and the 200, you start seeing things that you haven't seen or hearing stuff. And it affects you emotionally differently. How many tracks on the, on the new album, lads, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, eight tracks. Yeah, eight tracks, right. Okay, okay. Yeah, and so you, the, the new single is out today then, yeah? Yeah, we just yes. released it a few hours ago, yeah. That's brilliant. Okay, um, I'm going to leave you go, and I'm just sending the love from Ireland, and thank you for taking the time to come on the show. Uh, thank you, Mr. Thank you very much. Thanks. It was great. It was and uh, be sure to listen to more Irish music, man. I'm going to send, send you on links to Irish bands. Send me some links and, and yeah, I'm gonna, pass it to us, man. Guys, we yeah. will put it on in the next uh, on next Sunday. We have uh, a metal night at the Blaze, and I promise you guys that I'm gonna play at least two songs from each band that you send me. So send that's, them. That's a good deal, man. That's a good deal. Well, a little bit of exposure. Why not? Yes. Thank you. Yes. Much appreciated. Sure, have a great day. Yes. Yeah. All right. Good night. Good night. Bye, guys. Uh, okay. That's it.
Oblivion, let promise see.